Good afternoon, good night, good day, wherever you are. This is Unleashed Unapologetically. And with me this evening, I have the beautiful Sierra Hastings. I love your name. I, at first, I thought it was Sierra. And I'm like, oh, no. That's it's so beautiful. It's Sariah. Oh, Sariah. So I love it. Yeah. <laughs> good way of spelling it, too. I, well, Thank we're going to talk about that. Let me just go over <laughs> introducing you to the people here. So this is Unleashed Unapologetically. And of course, you have your coach, your confidence and leadership coach, Nadej. Well, with us this evening, our guest is a survivor of human trafficking in the United States. So she has many things that she will share and talk to us about so we could know what to do, how to prevent ourselves and who to call for and, you know, how to protect yourself when we are left in position as such. So after 20 years of entrapment in the game, running from the constant threat of a dangerous world, Christ snatched her from death door and carried her to freedom. I love that. Mm. I love that, you know, if you are a believer, you know that you cannot do it by yourself. And that's what we are going to learn about today. And we know in here, we talk about the pillars of confidence and this is what it is. She has been free from prostitution and abuse for almost 10 years. Soraya has since earned an associate degree in biblical and theology. She's published, she's a published author of a book called No More Games. And she also worked in the medical field and she helped women who are trapped in human trafficking get freed. And her position, her passion is what's pushing her to be who she is and got her to help many come out of that trap that they are in. So Welcome to the platform, Soraya. It's a pleasure to have you with us. How Thank are you? Thank you, Nadish. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm so privileged and honored to be here. Well, thank you so much. I am. Actually, I should have the honor to say, oh my God, I have you here with me. <laughs> so yes, I am flattered. I am grateful. I am, <laughs> oh my God, I don't even have the word for it. But yes, all that I am, I am. Amen. <laughs> so... Tell us this, you are here because of a position that you were, you were put in, you were, you found yourself in, it's not because of choice, but it's mm -hmm. because it was taken from mm -hmm. you. So your freedom for sometimes was taken away from you. Yes. How did all start and how so, are you right now? How are you feeling? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, um, so uh, my story is a little different. I always tell that, you know, um, I don't, I no longer call myself a survivor. Um, I call myself an overcomer because of the fact that I survived living that mm -hmm. lifestyle for so long. Um, I, I, I started because of the fact that I had family members who did all kinds of things, uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, um, and spiritually abused me uh, in many different ways you can think of. Mm -hmm. And not just family, but close friends. And so my 
depression and my insecurities and um, just trying to figure out who I am and do people love me and, you know, will I ever be loved or do I have to buy love to be loved um, was something that I assumed and thought for many years um, because my, you know, my family would take me places and they would say, we love you but they were buying me stuff all the time and so i thought that you know to get money or to have money and spend it on you know men and that's where human trafficking comes into play because women that are in that um lifestyle they pay for the man to have a place to live or mm -hmm. have a car or clothes whatever so mm -hmm. that's where you know i assumed that that was what i was supposed to do and then on top of that i was told at a very young age that the only way that i would ever have a husband is if i was in a pimp and hole relationship mm -hmm. you know and so that's when I said, okay, so when a man stepped to me and he said, okay, this is what you know, you're gonna do, I figured that's now I'm, until I came to realize, no, 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 this is not no fairy tale, you know, nine shining armor, um, a pretty woman type of movie where he comes and pays and whisses me away to something. That's not what reality is like. And so, you know, to, be involved with that and, and stuck on that cycle for years mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and then to be involved into because once once the fact that I was I couldn't get out and there was no way that I could get out because it's a vicious cycle mm -hmm. um, then that's when the drugs got involved and that's when you know I got heavy into crystal meth and wanted to just disappear you know mm -hmm. and fall on the wayside and you know and and walking away from one child and you know and leaving one child and then you know years later ending up pregnant again and that's when I said enough is enough I couldn't you know I was almost 30 years old still doing the same stuff that I had was doing when I was 15 16 years old you know, and I, I said, enough is enough. I, I can't keep doing this to my body, myself. You know, I have, you know, I there was a piece of me that knew that I was worth more than laying on my back. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's when my life completely changed. And, um, you know, so to the now, now to the point where I go and, you know, get women and rescue women and, you know, and um, you know, I just talked to somebody today and, and I told him, I said, I'm on standby. A woman might, you know, depending on what's going on, I'm going to have to go out there and go get this girl mm -hmm. and stuff. And they go, well, is the pimps are going to be there? And I said, yep, they probably are. Mm -hmm. They go, just get her and get out, you know? And mm -hmm. I said, oh, of course, I'm going to do that, but I'm on standby, you know? And, and that's what I do is, you know, when a girl calls or if a girl wants out, mm -hmm. I, you know, I say, okay, you know, and I give them an option and then either they want it and I go get them right then and there, or sometimes it takes them, you know, a while. And so I just sit and pray for them. And, mm -hmm. you know, I encourage the family. I talk to the family. I encourage them, let them know, okay, it's going to be okay. We're going to get her out. You know, one way or another, we're going to get these women out because, you know, their, their life is worth more than six feet under the ground. Yes. Yes. Oh. You know? because thank you. Uh, yes thank you thank you for sharing your stories with us thank you for 
starting educating many because there are people who are listening to the podcast and they don't know the life that many women who are trapped are living or have to endure due to this kind of situation you know where they are being treated wrongly and as i'm listening to you the whole misconceptions the whole you know self-doubt the whole sabotaging it happened at a young age because you did not get what you know the most important thing which is love and because right. you didn't get it you were not taught how to love yourself right you know and i'm hearing from what you've shared there's a big part of the the mental health that is taken you know from when we are not able to have compassion for ourselves and loving ourselves because once we don't have it it derails us from creating a better life it pushes us to go and do anything everything just because we look we're looking for love we're looking for right. you know treatments from others and we forget right. that we we don't need to have others to validate us all the time right. so for that i am really grateful that you are you you actually are sharing your stories but you came to you know this platform to to talk about it and help other people know that as well right. for um those does when we are in the situation of you know such as you know a women being uh trapped in a position where they it's not that they have a will people are making decisions for them how do you help them understand how important their their own decision making is to them so they can know they have the right they have options that that takes that takes a that takes time that mm -hmm. really does that takes time that took me time to to you know first you you have to understand you got to get over the fact that initial fact that most women think that they, because of the fact that the trafficker has put it in their minds like it's ingrained it was ingrained in me it's ingrained that they make them think that they are being watched that they uh, that they're right around the corner that they have to hide that if they leave that they're going to have to hide that they're going to be found that they're going to get hurt they're going to get killed whatever they they mentally brainwash these women to believe that they if that no one is going to be there for them mm -hmm. and that right there is the biggest thing because of the fact that the united states people in the united states have this consumption of oh it don't happen or oh this can never happen here or um it, it you you chose to do that you chose to go into that lifestyle then that makes it even more convincing for a person who's being trafficked because the trafficker will sit there and say see they're going to you know and and i tell almost every podcast that i do i i almost all the time i say this there are going to be people that are listening to this interview right here and still do not believe mm -hmm. they will still say that i'm telling you a lie mm -hmm. that even though i can tell you the horrific things that i saw they're going to say that that's not true because some don't believe it 
that it can never happen to them. And so when they, when people, when you have a majority of people who think that way, the trafficker plays off of that. And then they tell them, see, you're going to, they're going to consider you a liar. They, they, they don't believe you. You're this, you're that. And they make them actually then second guess their own thoughts. Maybe right. he is telling the truth. Maybe, maybe I, and then they make themselves think that they're like, I literally, there was times where my, tra I would have people sit with me because it was to the point where I thought my trafficker, I knew my trafficker tell me something and then I would pretty me, no, and make me literally feel like I'm crazy. Like, am I? And so I would literally have other people and I'd be like, that's what so-and-so heard. And because I could it got to the point where I literally thought I was losing my mind. Mm -hmm. They like I I wasn't, you know, not it was like a out-of-body experience. Like, are, did I not just hear what you just said to me? But because of so many manipulating games that they play, they literally make you think that you're crazy. Like you are, then they, once they make you feel like you're crazy, then they make you, then they say, see, why would anybody listen to you? See, I tell almost every time I tell people this, a, a woman who's being human traffic is no different from some, uh, from a woman being um, a, um, right or being in a domestic violence relationship mm -hmm. there's no difference the only difference is a woman is being um is getting paid to do a service that's it if you take away a woman being paid to do a service and you take that away what you have a woman being beat by a man that's it mm. so it's it it frustrates me because everybody is willing to fight for women who are being domestic in a domestic relationship but don't nobody want to fight for people who are being human trafficked mm. as you're saying that though um my question to that because i have worked in an environment where we dealt we did that was years ago where we did have to go and save a few young women and um it is a well-known agency, it's agency, Catholic involved and all that. But I'm coming into the point that you made and it's such an interesting point because a lot of times people bypass the fact that this situation does exist, like you said. But the other thing is the fact that when someone finally come out to ask for help, nobody wants to try hard to come to the rescue is it because of fear of what the whole event of human trafficking usually portrays to people because what we know or what we've seen there's a lot of kidnapping there's a lot of you know other countries that are part of it there's a lot of selling people to go out of sea or you know, throughout the United States. And sometimes the families cannot even locate where the members are and all this. Is it the reasons why people are so afraid to be involved in rescuing those who are trapped? Oh, that's a lot of question. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. That's like, that's like a four hour breakdown. Um, 
in itself. Um, so let me give you a simple answer. All right. So let's let's talk about what you just let's break this down. So women that are coming in, there's women that come in, children that come in. First of all, understand that human trafficking is the number two most lucrative business in the world. Mm. The first one is drugs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The reason why the human uh, that sex tra- mainly sex trafficking. We're not talking about there's there's um, child trafficking, there's sex trafficking, there's labor trafficking, and there's organ trafficking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? We're not talking. We're just talking about specifically sex trafficking. Right? So sex trafficking is number two in the world. Why? Because you got prostitutes, you got um, people that are watching pornography. Pornography is human trafficking. You have people going into strip clubs. It is human trafficking. A lot of people, I've talked to people and they say, oh no, that's not what it is. They, they don't, no, 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 honey. Don't let that get they twisted because they get in money. They got to give it to somebody. Mm-hmm. Because I know many organizations that go into strip clubs to get women out. So this is not, it, it's not what you think. You mm-hmm. They put a, a front on. So is it as dangerous? Now, you talked about the kidnapping and the things like that. Is it as dangerous? Yes. I'm not playing that down. Yes. Try, you know, um, the, moving, uh, pr- the movie Priceless and... Um, and and taken yes there are situations like that however the problem that i have is they think that that is around uh, that's outside that's not right behind your back door see people have to understand there's there's certain parts of united states that are considered hot spots the reason why they're considered hot spots is because one the metropolitan areas the um the flow of traffic that's why it's called trafficking because of flow mm-hmm. of traffic that comes mm-hmm. through and stuff. It's easier to generate money mm-hmm. than non um, metropolitan areas. What they do is they go get the women, children, and men out of the non areas. So, like, who would who would look for somebody from South Dakota? Mm-hmm. Who would look for somebody in Maine? Mm. do you see what i'm saying so mm-hmm. when you go into uh, states that are not known you know people know okay california people know okay florida yeah those two okay everybody know but when you start going into other states that then they don't know then it's not so much a kidnap so why don't people want to do it is because they don't believe it's happening in their city mm. It's not so much that people are afraid of doing, of helping, but they have the, and I call it the game. That's why I call it the game. The game, the human trafficking world has made, uh, has put a facade in front of people to make them assume like, oh, it can't happen in this city, in my city. It can't happen here. Mm. You know, I spoke, I remember when I originally, uh, about a year ago, when I started doing um, podcasts and radio shows and stuff, and I started doing a lot of interviews, I remember I had an interview, um, a woman that did an interview with me from Detroit. Now, Detroit's a real hot spot. Mm-hmm. And I told her that. And sure enough, I we had to do two episodes. So she comes back to me on the second episode. She goes, everything you said to me, they were just saying that on the news three days later. 
Mm. That let me know you didn't even truly believe me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It took you to hear from the news, from the media, to mm. let to say, "Oh, Soraya is saying the truth," but it's happening in her city. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So people don't people don't believe it because they put this facade on. Because the problem that people don't understand is this hip hop world has taken what used to be you know let's make some beats and let's make music off of poetry off of spoken words off of some real like i'm going through stuff and let's go through a journey to oh this girl's this this woman's that let's degrade the women Let's talk about how I get a car, how I drive this one, how I could pick up this girl, how I could go live here and live in a fancy house. Well, whose money and how? Not everybody can be a rapper. Mm-hmm. But 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 I'm gonna be very honest with you. Everybody can be a trafficker if they mm-hmm. wanted to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Earlier, when you were talking, um, you did address how sometimes the women are not or people don't believe them and what i as you saying it it kind of dawned into my head that oftentimes people kind of blame women for things that they have no control over especially in a situation like that you know how do you if you if you have to present yourself and in, in support of these women how do you what do you do and how do you present the the situation the event to or the story to the those who do not believe so they can actually understand that it is an essential thing that is women we don't just we don't choose that kind of lifestyle I mean, well, some people do, let me not generalize, but they, I don't think they would want to be taken from their own will. And that's well, what it is, right? Well, so, well, you know, it's, it's, so there's, so I wasn't actually, I personally was not taken from my will. I was there. So there's political words. I'm not a very political person. I can't, you can't speak political on the streets. People mm-hmm. don't really understand that. But mm-hmm. politically speaking, there's a time where they do the coercing and the grooming. Mm-hmm. Okay. So meaning this, for I say in my book, at the age of 18, I officially became a prostitute. I officially became it because from the age of 12 to the age of 18, I was groomed that whole time Mm -hmm. conditioned to think a certain way Mm -hmm. and if we really get if you really if you really deal with my situation it goes all the way back to when i was two so from the age of two to the age of 18 i was conditioned to think a certain way to Mm -hmm. act a certain way to talk a certain way to do certain things to believe certain lies Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so people are when when they're when no woman no woman i don't think in their in their right frame of mind ever thought that they would be just a a a woman who just i i just 
sleep around with a bunch of men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or when women try to go and become actresses and they try to become singers or they whatever, you know, you hear pop-ups of situations of all these singers and what these men were doing and that, mm-hmm. come on, that, that, that ain't, that's nothing new. Massage mm-hmm. parlors and being used as, uh, as sex parlors, but they're massage parlors. Mm-hmm. So these women are, are being groomed. They not taken because for instance, um, I, and I, I want to talk about later on or, you know, but I, I wanted to hit on it real quick. There, there was a situation I, I had, to, I, I was, um, helping out some kids in college and, um, one of the girls went on a interview because she assumed it was an interview and next thing you know she was taken mm-hmm. right but then how was she taken some some like for myself i've had guns held to me like either you do this or i'm gonna kill you or do this and i'm gonna hurt your family so then you're like okay Whatever you say, I'm going to do. Because now you're in a what? Protective mode. Mm-hmm. And most women get in protective modes. Where, you know, that that's where people need to understand that this day, that women sometimes aren't taken. It's, you know, like how my first, my, what, my um, oldest son's father said to me, oh, you're pretty. Come have, come have dinner with me. Come, come come to this party with me. I write in in that, in my book, you know, he, he invited me to a party mm-hmm. and lo and behold, it was not what I expected, but because he said, Oh, you're pretty and gave me the attention that I was looking for. Because the thing about, about people, when we have been scarred, whether we've been um, abused, whether we have a disability, whether we um, have been um, in a, uh, you're uh, adopted, mm-hmm. right? You've lost your family members and you become a, um, a foster child. Whether you have, um, have been in dealing with a divorce, right? If you have seen your family split, something happens to a child whether it's a man woman it doesn't matter something happens when that happens or even with single parents you know it's very frustrating because i'm a single mom but yet i believe in marriage i don't understand the concepts of especially now when a man and a woman have a child and they're not married because mm-hmm. that right there, that's a unity and it's being split because there's no commitment to each other. There's no covenant, no, okay, I'm in with it for the long haul. So if somebody leaves, that child gets ripped mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they wear it on their sh- on their sleeve, so to speak. They wear their heart on their sleeve mm-hmm. and then the traffickers Detect it. It's like it's like a um, a predator that mm-hmm. goes out and hunts. Mm-hmm. And when there's a wounded animal, what does he do? He pounces on it. Mm-hmm. 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 And that's and that's usually what happens. I'm dealing with it right now. 
you know, a girl that she's not, you know, she's, she's, she's awesome, but she has some disabilities, Mm. but she's being used. Mm -hmm. And, but, you know, so, so you have to deal with, then, you know, if you, you know, if I, if you come to them and say, you know, you try to show them, they're going to first reject it and say no, because what they believe. Right. You got to show them. saying Earl you know it's just that direction that is needed that people you know those women don't have and you have your book and you published your book so first of all congratulations on that thank you thank you so what was the experience of telling your story in a written word (laughs) um I literally cannot read my book anymore. Uh, it, it's, it takes me back into those moments. Um, it's almost like a PTSD type. And, you know, it, it, it's, um, it, it reminds me, uh, it's almost like I'm, I'm reading, you know, I wrote the book as if it was a movie. Mm-hmm. because literally I remember I was saying to another um, overcomer uh, survivor one day we were sitting in the car and we said girl that was a horror movie we lived and I was like how do we get out of it you know how do we how do we make it how do we make it out of that horror movie because you know sitting back and looking back mm-hmm. I'm not who that person is and was. I'm like, who is that? And so when I when I read it, I'm just like, man, you know, and people who know me, personally know me, they say, I can't read this, right? I cannot read this. And I tell them, I say, you know who I am. You know, you know, you see me. They go, but I, I can't. Mm. I, I can't. And and I tell them, I say, what you mean you can't? I I lived it. <laughs> for 20 years you can't read because my book only covers about a year and a half of my life okay wow so it only covers a year and a half of my life so in the year and a half I write about, you know, how I had my my first son, how uh, me leaving my first son. And then, you know, at the end of my book, I kind of, you know, give different scenarios over the, you know, decade or, or two decades, almost two decades of different scenarios, like a woman giving birth on the streets and nobody can help her. Mm-hmm. You know, that she, you know, her, her pimp made her um, do a whole bunch of drugs and she was pregnant and had to go, uh, amp- you know, walk the streets and gave birth on the streets and we had to walk away. Like I give, there's certain, you know, I try to give, I, in the book, I try to not only tell my story, but I also try to bring an awareness, but I also try to tell people, this is what you need to pay attention to if you're a parent reading this book. Um, you know, so there's like so many different aspects of this book that I can't even tell you 
why I wrote it other than the fact that somebody came to the door and of, of the program I was volunteering at and said, oh, uh, you know, when I told her, you know, my story, oh, what country you come from? All that, when I heard those words come out of that person's mouth, it infuriated me on the inside. And I said, I am a born citizen of United States. Mm. Like, I ain't no, you know, come over the border, first gen, I'm third, fourth generation born in the United States. Like, I'm an American citizen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My parents are American citizens. My grandparents are American citizens. There ain't nobody that's like, my mother is not American citizen. No, no, no. We all American citizens. And I was born and raised here. And this goes on. And they were shocked. And that is when I realized I needed to write this book because these movies that they put out, because I've seen Taken. So through the through the whole book, and then I, what I do after through throughout the book of telling people that I also talk about how I got out, and and what I talk about is basically I cried out to Jesus Christ, I cried out to Him, and I said, if you are real, if you're there, I will you know, and you can get me out of this. If you can get me out of this life that I'm living in, I will never do another illegal activity because prostitution is illegal. And when I was able, he, the minute he said that for the last almost 10 years, my life has changed. And that's, that's where I try, you know, I tell people make it through all that stuff. When you make it through all that junk that I went through in my life, when you make it through that, you get to see the other side and the other Mm -hmm. side is good. Mm -hmm. You know, it's real good. You know, because the thing about it is there's a scripture that says the power, the life and death is in the power of the tongue. Mm -hmm. So if you speak life over someone, then things are going to happen. If you speak death, like for me, I was spoken death over, meaning this, I was spoken, oh, you're fat. Oh, you're this, you're that. You're not going to amount to anything. You're not good. You're only going. You're only good to lay on your back. You're you're not mm. worth having being with, being with a man. So those are like things that are heavy that are you know that kill somebody's joy. Yes. Right. Yes. So when I came to learn who Jesus Christ is, I came to learn that I'm the daughter of the Most High. That He knows the number of hairs. That He cares for me. That He is. That I'm the apple of His eye. You know, mm-hmm. I just read that in the Bible, you know, and I, and so that's what I, that's what I talk about. Like at the end of the day, there is, there, you can't nobody and I, and I don't knock nobody. Need this. So when I came to realize that, right. And I knew that then like i said everybody has their own religion that's fine but i know that jesus christ is alive because i'm alive today Mm 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not six feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to let these women know, you know, and that's why I I purposely, you know, prayerfully and ask, you know, Jesus and, and to guide me. But that's why I started a, a, a nonprofit organization called Ashes to Beauty New England. And basically what it is, is I am an ambulance. Um, like I said, I'm on standby. You know, what do what do e, uh, EMTs do? They are on standby to, okay, somebody calls to need to go to the hospital, who goes out? The ambulance goes out, goes, gets the, you know, person that's hurting or whatever, brings them back to the hospital. Well, that's what I do. I go out, I go get these women, go get these children. Some of them may be dead, go get them and look at them and say, listen, if you want a way out, I can help you get out. I know number of programs and I'm not talking about no 30 day programs. We're talking about a year of your life. I personally went through a two year program. So this is it. I, I'm not, I don't tell nobody that I ain't never been through. I'm always about, if I ain't done it, I ain't going to tell you about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, my actions are going to meet its words. Mm-hmm. I went through a two year program. And when you read my book, it tells you a couple of organizations in there. There's a couple of organizations that I mentioned that if they're, if women are struggling, they're trying to get out women who are pregnant. Cause I went into the program pregnant. I left out of human trafficking, went into program pregnant, had my child in the program. Now I'm raising my son and he's almost seven years old and stuff. You know, we, there's things that we, that, that I tell them, listen, we're here. We're here to help you. So uh, when you are looking for help, like I tell you when you can reach me at Soraya.info. That's my website. There's an email that, you know, if you need to reach out, you can send me an email. You, you, if you need to um, get a hold of me, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Messenger. You know, parents who are struggling. I just talked to a parent yesterday, matter of fact, and they said, and I said, okay, let's sit down and let's talk about some of the signs. Are you getting sporadic phone calls? Are they from different areas? Are there all these signs, all these things? And I ran down the list and they said, yep, yep, yep. I said, okay, there's potentially, she could be human trafficked right now. So let's figure out what to do. And then I, and then what I do is I coach the parents through how to because some parents they they i say you can't guilt trip them why are you doing this why are you with this man you can't do that because they're going to stay closer to them so you can't you know and i and i train them so in in, if you go to soraya.info and you want to um there's a site there's a section on my website where you could book for uh, a meeting with me and it's an hour session and it's uh depending on the situation is depending on the price i don't set there's no one fixed price you know if you need me to help you and talk to you you know and you're a parent and stuff and you need an hour or whatever then you know I, I, I let you know the pricing depending on your situation, what's going on. I'm not here to take people's money. I'm here to save souls. Mm-hmm. I don't care about what you got going on. I care about your soul. Cause at the end of the day, that life leaves you to hell. There mm-hmm. is a hell and there is a heaven. 
and that life leaves you to hell. And I don't want nobody, just like Jesus did not want no one, God said that he loved the world, that he gave. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that no uh, that no one would um, perish but have everlasting life. So we are about giving life to people and having people's lives saved. Soraya, I, I'm, in, I'm loving the conversation. I mean, there were so many interruptions, but of course <laughs> we tried our best to stay in it because it, it, we have to be persistent. You know, sometimes, and that's, that's one thing when I was growing up, we were always taught, you know, when you're doing something and you're doing the work of God, there's always interruptions, but mm -hmm. we always have to show that we can always conquer, right? We yes. can always triumph over everything. And for those of you who are in the who are listening, ladies, gent, you know that it does exist. You know that this situation is live. It's not only outside of our states or in the United States, it's everywhere. So if you have a family member who's going through something like that, someone you know, a friend, whoever that may come past your environment and you know that person is going through something, reach out to Soraya, reach out to her to learn more, reach out to her so she can guide you through the process because that's how you know how to save that person and save their soul. 